Bibles open to Matthew chapter 1. I believe it's the most wonderful time of the year, personally. Amen. I love this time of the year. And uh, right as you get your Bibles open, I want to say um, to Jerwan and Mike and to Todrick and Serenita and anybody else that is, is going through something like that and has seen God move, um, for the experience of all the years that I've had of, of pastoring and, and serving God and hearing those kind of testimonies, I've heard them a lot. Thank God. Amen. Heard a lot of testimonies like that, miraculous uh, movings of God, provision of God. But the key is always that you have to stay consistent. And, and too many times, I, this is not going to happen with you guys, but too many times we've seen God give somebody a miracle and do a provision and show up in their life. And then, and then down the road a little bit, they forget who that provider was. And, and, and the reason I believe that God is, is answering those prayers is not just because he loves you, but because you're showing him you love him by coming to the house of God Amen. and bringing your kids to the house of God. And so that consistency is what will take you through, and I can tell you that from experience. So those great testimonies and anybody else in here this morning that is going through something this morning, make sure that you um, remember that and keep God first. Amen. So I want to talk about this being the most wonderful time of the year. I, it's my personal favorite, favorite time of the year, as anybody knows. I love this whole time of fall and Christmas. I love the weather. Amen. A lot of you like it hot and, and you can have it for summer. Amen. Uh, most people know that my, my, my desire, if I could have things my way in my world, is we would start the year about October 1st. And then we would go to about March, and then we would go back to October 1st again, and we'd just skip summer altogether. I could handle a little bit of spring if we had to, but that's just me, and that's why we have four seasons. But this is an exciting and awesome time of the year because of the festivities and the lights and the Christmas songs and the get-togethers. We know we just had an amazing, wonderful uh, 10th our 10th annual uh, married couples Christmas party on Friday night, and it was a great time. That's where they met at that Christmas party, and um, they had, I mean, met as far as really talking, and um, had five new couples at that, at that Christmas party. Uh, there was a Pinterest party last night. There's going to be an ornament exchange. We're all going to get together with our families. Some of our families are crazy like that thing. I don't know if you noticed that there. Amen. I want to ask you to raise your hand if you have any fa crazy family, because we all do. Amen. So, but this is a wonderful time. And there's actually even a song, right? It's the most wonderful. Right? And then it goes on to say all these, and all these things, right? All these cool things that are fun. And, and I love all those things. I love food, and I love getting together, and, and I love uh, fellowshipping and all those different things. And I really do believe it is the most wonderful time of the year. But how many know that we could say that? But there's really a like, why? Why is it the most wonderful time of the year? Is that really the reason like that, that, we, that we get together and eat and that we, that we fellowship and that we give gifts and all these different things? Those are great things. But the real reason why is what I want to focus on this morning. Amen? If you open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. And we're going to read here in just a second this scripture. But I want to say something to me personally why this is the most wonderful time of the year. Because we're celebrating the birth of of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. That's why we go around telling everybody, Merry Christmas. 
Amen. Not happy holidays. There is a bunch of holidays, but Merry Christmas, meaning Christ Mass. Amen. Meaning that Christ is the sinner. He's the, he's the anointed one. And he came to be born in this earth so that we could be saved. And it's an amazing thing. It's a wonderful thing to think about that. But what we don't really maybe think about sometimes is how real what happened was that we're going to read in Matthew 1 here in a second. God Jesus Christ, in the, in the body, in the flesh, when he came and was born in that manger, he did something nobody, say nobody, has ever, ever done before. He stopped time. He stopped time. There's a lot of gods, little g, in the world. How many know that? There's a lot of little g's that people worship and, and people lift up. For example, my wife does a great job of keeping our house, uh, our living room especially, beautiful. She has it all decorated nice, and I, and, and, I, and I love when she decorates, and it's real cozy in there. And we have some lights on the fireplace and the Christmas trees right there and everything. And I love, I love walking into that room at night and just seeing the lights and everything. It just reminds me of what I'm celebrating, which is the birth of my savior okay but i don't walk in there and worship the tree i don't pray to it it doesn't have any spiritual meaning to me but like we saw in that video when i walk into the living room at that time of the year it reminds me that i'm celebrating the birth of my lord and savior jesus christ now, some of you might or might not understand that, that January or December 25th is most likely not Jesus' birthday. It's not when he was born. And, and here's the thing. It's not real specific in the scriptures when he was born. Nobody can really tie it down specifically, exactly, perfectly when he was born. But we do know that he was born because time stopped. And some people say March, and some people say June, and some people say July. Amen. How many know it doesn't really matter when you were born? You know you're here, and you were born. Right? You do know your birth date. Amen. And so that's great. But the reason why December 25th, if you've ever wondered why we celebrate it in December, is once Jesus was born... And once those Magi started the, the tradition of giving gifts, and once all that began to roll and things began to happen, there was a reason why they chose December 25th, about 300 A.D., okay, 339 A.D. specifically. That, that, that tradition started um, to celebrate on the 25th of December. Now, the reason why is because there was a lot of pagan holidays going on, a lot of pagan things being done in the names of other gods, and so like, when I go think about those gods, again, there's a lot of, how many knows a lot of weird stuff out there? Crazy weird stuff. I got a text from Pastor Dylan this week, and listen, I don't have a problem with animals. I have, we have a couple dogs in our house. I love horses. I love, I think animals are great, but they're animals. They're just animals, right? But there's, these, there's this group called PETA, right? Not the one you eat, but this group that wants to protect animals. And, hey, that's great. We're not trying to abuse animals. They're gods and everything. But, listen, they, we have lost our minds. How many know we've lost our minds in this world? This PETA group has brought out something out this week that's going to sound crazy and, and really sound funny, but um, it's the truth. They, and this was on the news. They want to stop being so abusive to animals with our words. For reals. Like they don't want to offend the horse when you say, don't beat a dead horse. So they want you to say, feed the fed horse. Dead serious. Pastor Dylan, am I lying? 
right? You sent this to me. I mean, they, they don't want to talk about killing two birds with one stone. They don't want to talk about the guinea pig. Don't be the guinea pig because that poor guinea pig might get offended. So you got to say be the test tube instead. I'm not kidding, right? Dumb stuff, crazy stuff. There's a lot of crazy stuff out there. You know what? We're not crazy this morning. We believe that Jesus Christ did come, and he was born. And so a lot of that crazy stuff that happens, for example, right now about Peter, you know what the best way to, to deal with that stuff is? Talk about Jesus. Talk about good stuff. Talk about right stuff. Amen? When they start talking about happy holidays, change the holidays, just say, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Amen. Merry Jesus loves you. How many know we can combat that stuff? That's what they did with the December 25th celebration. They said, we're going we're gonna to celebrate Jesus' birth in a time and a place where his birth would overcome all that stupidity of these other gods they're trying to worship. So that's why we celebrate December 25th. It could be in January, it could be in March, it could, doesn't matter when. But listen, we're celebrating it, and that's why this is the most wonderful time of the year. Okay, because something supernatural happened. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Oh, one more thing I forgot before I get, miss this in the notes. Um, so why he stopped time was we all know. Historically, we live in the year 2000 A.D. Everybody's calendar in the world goes off this. How many watch at New Year's? This will happen in a few weeks. And you notice that all around the world, some people, some people try to say, well, they don't celebrate that everywhere. Every time I watch New Year's Eve celebrations, they do it in Australia. They do it in China. They do it all over the place, right? And we know China has a different New Year and all that. But how many know I'm saying that drop, ball drops, they celebrate all around the world a new year, 2018. It'll be 2019 A.D., now, A.D., a lot of people think this, and I did for many years, I can tell you honestly. I, I always said A.D. after death. But that's not what A.D. means. Although it's great to celebrate his death and his burial and his resurrection, A.D. means Anno Domini, which means uh, the year of our Lord. So it's celebrating not his death, but his birth. Because if you think about it, if we celebrated A.D., as after death, then his B.C. would have stopped. He did stop time. Then we'd have had 33 years of no time, which that would have been cool too, but that's not what it means, okay? So B.C. was before Christ. Something happened so spectacular 2018-ish years ago. It could be off a few years. I don't care. Amen? It might be. It's possible. Matter of fact, it probably is, to be honest with you, because the, the, the Jewish calendar is in 360 days. So it's probably not exactly right. But around 2,000 years ago, stop, time stopped because of the birth, not just of a child, but of God. And I want you to look at Matthew chapter 118 and pick up in this Christmas story. And it says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. To, to, uh, after his mother Mary was betrothed, that's a the very big weird word for engaged, to Joseph, before they came together, if you're taking notes, highlighting, underlining, underline that, please, because if, whether you know it or not, those four words, before they came together, is totally, 100%, the reason you're saved this morning. I'm going to give you some good doctrine this morning. I'm going to give you some good fundamental beliefs this morning so you understand. We, 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 see, we focus a lot of times, and rightfully so, on the cross. 
The cross is everything, amen? We gotta have the cross. We have to keep the cross as a center of our faith in Jesus that he died on that cross because if he didn't die on that cross, then we wouldn't be saved. But I got news for you. If Jesus was not born the right way, that cross would have not mattered. Okay, that's why this is the most wonderful time of the year because how many know anything that good happens has to have a beginning? If you've ever said, man, that was a good man, that was a woman, great woman, that man, they were, we celebrate someone's life. It, you can't celebrate their life without their birth. That's why birthdays are so, so important because we're celebrating the fact that we came into this world, okay? So how many stay, how many are with me so far? So it says, before they came together, meaning they did not physically come together sexually as a couple, because if they would have done that and, and, and they would have not, that words would not be there, we would have no salvation, period. And you'll see why. So as you go on to read, it says, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Now, Joseph, verse 19, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Now, Let's, let's just put ourselves there for a minute, guys. Just imagine that your girlfriend, your fiancé, comes and tells you, and you're Christians, and you're serving God, and you love the Lord, and you've met, and you've done it right, and you've made the decision. Honey, we're, we're just like I did with my wife when I met her after I had gotten saved, after I would gotten saved, amen. Um, I've told my wife, we're not going to be together until we get married. We're, we're going to wait, and we're going to do it right. Can you imagine if, if your wife came to you after that statement you had and after that, you know, Bible study you had and after that decision you had to do it right? And she came and said, honey, um, I'm pregnant, but I promise I have not been with another man. How would you do with that, guys? How would that work? And then she says, I promise I have not been with the milkman or the mailman. I have not been with any man. And you're going, yeah, sure, right? I mean, those were real testimonies. Let's be real. That's what, that's what Mary told Joseph. Honey, I'm pregnant, and you've got to believe me. I'm going to give birth, and it's God. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. I mean, that's, yeah, great. That's a great cover-up, right? And, and so he, being a good man, say, yeah, he says, yeah, right, and is going to put her away. He's not going to make a spectacle of her because he's a just man. He, because back then that would have been bad news. Would have been, uh, back then, it, it's still sin now, by the way. Just let me throw that in there. But back then it was like looked down on, okay? <laughs> it's still sin, was sin, will always be sin, okay? But that's not where I'm going this morning. Um, but it says, while he thought about these things, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, this is in verse 20, do not be afraid to take your Mary with you as your wife. Watch this. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Now, guys, how many know we would need an angel to show up to make that right? Now, this is a cool thing here because both parts have something amazing. I can only imagine what it would feel like for a woman to begin to have those pregnancy pains and all that, knowing she had not been with a man as well. Okay, so there's two sides to that. But the woman knows she has not been with a man. 
The man is having to believe. Y'all with me? Come on, stay with me. The woman, the man is having to believe that. And so God's like, I got to send an angel on this one. This one needs an angel. And the angel came down and appeared. And he probably, you know, did the whole push his hand through things, seeing it was not a person and whatever it took, right, for him to accept that. But, and, and I know I'm kind of making fun of that, but it's just put yourself there. Okay? And so he says, but what is, is in you is, is in Mary is conceived by the Holy Spirit. Conceived being a very important word there. By the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Yeshua in the Hebrew meaning Jesus is salvation, or God is salvation. Amen? God is salvation. That's, that's, what, that's why Jesus came. That's why this whole plan is beginning to happen. And so then it says, and he will save all, so save his people from their sins. Verse 22. So all this was done. And it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, verse 23, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which there says translated is God with us. And Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded, took, him to, took to him his wife, and did not, here we go again, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and she called his name Jesus. Amen. She called his name Jesus, and they did not know each other. This is so important. I'm showing, this is the key this morning. It's what I want you to see why this is the most important time of the year, why it's the most wonderful time of the year, why it's the most amazing time of the year, because God became man, and he came through man, or through a woman, I should say, to man, as a man, without sin. This is what's called, church, the deity of Christ. If you've ever heard anybody say that word, some, sometimes words can kind of catch us. You know, it's like when you say communion, you say baptism, or you say deity, you say doctrine. There's different things like that that, that can kind of catch us, and we need to learn what those words mean. Deity means that God became a man. He was fully man, yet fully God. What I'm telling you this morning in a Christmas message in, in December is more than just a sound good message. This is the fundamentals of our faith. If you do not believe what I'm telling you, you're not saved. Because if you don't believe this part, Jesus on the cross has no power. Listen closely, and I'm going to give you some more details. And we need to be better studies of, studiers of the word. Amen. You know, the word theology is kind of a boring word. And some people say, oh, they're just, they're, they, you know, they're all into theology. Now, listen, there, there's the a balance to everybody, everything. There are a lot of people who, who have a theology and an understanding of God, but don't really know God. Okay? And then there's people that know God, but they don't understand God. And we need both. We need a balance. So how many went to school and, and, and studied sociology or biology or whatever ology you studied? That stu ology means to study. The means God. So theology is studying God. How many know we should study God as believers? We should get in his word and we should know what his word says and know what his word means and know why we believe what we believe. 
And so in theology, I want to take you to Isaiah 7, verse 14, and show you something that's important. And this, this, is, this might seem like something that's kind of out of place, but this is, this is powerful. Because the verse that I read in Matthew was, as I talked about Wednesday, when I was talking about Micah chapter 5, um, I was talking about how that God was speaking to the future. And, and say this again for you Sunday morning uh, crowd that might not have heard it before or haven't been coming to this church long enough to know that we talk about this a lot, that the Old Testament, and y'all help me out for those that are new, is the New Testament concealed. Okay? The old, so I'm over here on the Old Testament side. And old doesn't mean old as in decrepit. It means, it means first. Okay? Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. Meaning over here, I'm holding here in the Old Testament all the stuff that the New Testament's going to reveal. And then I come over here to the New Testament. And in the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Okay? So the New Testament cannot be without the Old Testament, and the Old Testament cannot be without the New Testament. The Old Testament is shouting out what's to come, and the New Testament is fulfilling what was shouted out. And so in Matthew, when we see the story 2,000 years ago of Jesus coming and being born of a virgin and conceived by the Holy Spirit, not by a man, it's everything to our faith because, as I've been telling you for a long time, Jesus was not just some afterthought. They didn't get to the year 2000 or 2,000 years ago where it became, you know, the zero number because at one point there was a zero, and that's where Jesus stopped time. And nobody else has ever done that. That's what's so cool about this time of the year. And that's why I love Christmas and celebrating his birth. But when that happened, God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit weren't, you know, having a conversation thinking, man, what do we do now? Jesus was already planned to come down. And so in Isaiah 7.14, look what this says. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. I mean, those signs are warnings of what is to come. Signs are warnings of the future. Signs are, if you're going down a road and there's a curve coming up, how many appreciate the sign that says there's a curve coming up? How many know when you're coming up to a four-way stop or maybe a two-way stop, you appreciate it more, and there's a stop sign, you appreciate the stop sign warning you so you don't go get hit by someone going through without the stop sign. A sign is important. He says, I'll, I'll give you a sign, and behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name, and shall call his name Emmanuel. If I wouldn't have told you Isaiah 7.14, it would sound like we were reading Matthew chapter 1. Why? Because Matthew chapter 1 was fulfilling Isaiah 7.14. The book of Isaiah is the most talked about book in the Bible about the coming Messiah. The coming Messiah. And he's, he's shouting out that Jesus is going to come and save the world. He's going to do what nobody else has been able to do. Now, just a quick theology here, a little bit of theology, uh, teaching here that's important in under, to bring into con context, uh, con uh, context why this is so important for us to understand today in 2018, is if, 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 if you look at the text there later, you can read it in Isaiah 7, earlier in the chapter, don't look, don't look at it for now to lose time, there's a king called Ahaz. And there's a, a, a war brewing and a battle coming, and God is speaking to this king and saying, I'm going to deliver you, I'm going to take care of you, and nothing's going to happen. Uh, the, the enemy, Syria, is not going to defeat you. How many know that's a good word? And so he's telling him this, and so Ahaz is saying, 
I don't know if I believe this. I'm worried. I'm, I'm, you know, just like we talked about this morning. We know what the Bible says, but sometimes we doubt. Is there anybody that ever doubts in here? Right? Is there anybody who ever questions? Anybody who ever challenges your faith? You think about things. That's okay. Don't worry. You can do that because God can back his word up. And so this man's kind of challenged. And this verse comes and God says to Ahaz in Isaiah with the Syrians, you can picture Syrians today just being your enemy of anything in the world, to those Syrians coming at him, he says, I'm going to give you a sign. Pay attention to this. And the sign is going to be that you will see a virgin come, she'll bear a son, and his name will be called Emmanuel, God with us. So you would say, what in the world does that sign have to do with, with him, Ahaz, because he comes, that's 750 years before Jesus comes. What would that sign do for him the same thing the sign does for us today see king ahaz was in in the family he was in the line of what jesus was going to come through and so when he said i give you a sign he says through you and your family down the road the king's going to come and so if the king's got to come through you then you're going to be protected did you get that? If I'm going to bring Jesus through your family in 700 years, he didn't tell him the time, but he, the reason it was relevant, he didn't know if it was a week or... How many know today we don't know if Jesus come back in a week or, or 10 years? We don't know. We know he's coming. But, we, but just like him, he didn't know if Jesus, this, this sign was going to be next week, next year. He definitely didn't know it was going to be 700 years. But he was basically saying, don't worry, I'm taking care of your family because what I'm going to do in the future has to go through you. That should give us peace right there. God is with us. And, and he's going to protect us. And the devil's going to lift up his hand, as you heard in those testimonies, but we can tell the devil he's defeated because he has no power against the children of God and those who believe that Jesus is the Christ and the Messiah and the soon coming king. Amen. But he's not the soon coming king if we don't believe today that he was born of a virgin. Because that's everything to our faith and you're going to see why here in just a second. It's everything to our faith. Tell somebody this is everything. It's going to make more sense. Sometimes we think, oh, the story of a virgin, and that sounds so weird, and a baby, and what in the world does this mean? I'm telling you why. This is the most wonderful time of the year, because God did something amazing. He did something supernatural. I want you to look at 1 Peter chapter 2. Sorry, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Here's, here's why the baby thing is so important. How many know that a little baby, we've got some babies that just were recently born, one just a week ago, and we've got some that are a few months, and some people in here are pregnant, and some people are going to get pregnant. I'm not prophesying, amen, but that, it'll keep happening, amen. And, and the babies come, and how many know that no one can change a room like a baby? You could take a little baby into a prison today, into the worst maximum security prison, and, and they might not show up, but you're going to soften their little hearts when you take the little baby in there. They're going to act different. Something that happens when a baby comes in. So God's using this little baby situation, and, and he's, he's showing us something because this is so important. See, when we were born the first time, okay, when we were born physically, 
I was born 44 years ago, and next month will be 45 years. And, and whatever you were born, was that how long you've been born? When you came into this world, like Jesus did, your life started, and you were born that one time. But the problem is, is you were born into sin. You were born with a sin nature because there was a seed in your life that came from before you and you had a disease that was generational and went all the way back to Adam and Eve. And that disease has no cure. It's like spiritual AIDS. And the whole world's born with it. Because of the decision, and I'll close up in a little while with Adam and Eve. I'll get there in a second. And we'll talk about that, and this will make more sense. But that whole thing about, about a, a baby and, and, and being born, and the reason it, that all this happened is because Christ was showing us that unless we are born again, we cannot be saved. We have to be born again. Okay? Uh, I didn't say this in the first service, but uh, John, G, uh, the Nicodemus asked Jesus, what do you need to be, do, do to be saved? He says, you have to be born again. He says, because the first time you were born of water, and the second time you have to be born of the Spirit. Okay? And this is important. Stay with me. And so he, we were born, but we were born condemned. We were born with a sin nature. We were born sick with a disease that has no cure. And so the Bible says here in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, having been born again, watch this, then we are not of a corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God which lives and abides forever. Sometimes a short little verse like this is so powerful. It's good to see you, by the way. Amen. Yeah. Been thinking about you. Haven't seen you. Good to see you. Having been born again, not of incorruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God which lives and abides forever. Seed. Say seed. When you were born, you were born of a seed. Okay, uh, most of the kids are gone. If they're not, hey, you're gonna, they'll hear this in school if they don't hear it here. So better in church, right? We're all, we were all born of a seed from a man. See, the woman carries the seed, and she conceives, and a baby's born. But the seed comes from man. Okay, stay with me on this. And so because Adam and Eve made a mistake and disobeyed, all of humanity has been born with a seed that is corruptible. We have been born with a seed that will die with no hope, okay, because of disobedience. And so we have to understand that as you begin to think about this, if you go back to Adam and Eve, for example, for a second, we know, that we know what happened. Now, trust me, I could make jokes here and I could, I could go both sides and I could do all kinds of things, but the bottom line is they both messed up, Okay. And, and for another time, another place, I could pick sides and I could, you, you have fun with both sides. But we do know this. Watch. Satan deceived the woman first. And then she was used by the devil to deceive man. And man fell. They fell together. doesn't matter really who fell first. It fell together. It would have been different if one would have fallen and one wouldn't have, but they both fell. But the, the attack was on the seed. And Satan knew if he could go and attack the woman, then the woman could go and attack the man, and the seed would be corrupted. Okay? Y'all staying with me? 
And so it's that seed. And so when we begin to think about this verse where it says, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever, is that so important to understand the virgin birth because when a man has a seed and it conceives in a woman and gives forth a life, it is contaminated. And so God had to bring forth salvation through a seed without contamination, which came from the Holy Spirit. And if you think about, for example, back in Exodus and Deuteronomy and the Old Testament, what did the Bible say? The Bible said that, that through the seed of a man, through the, the sins of a generation of a man, third, three and four generations would be visited that iniquity of a man, of a man. It does not put the responsibility on the woman. It puts it on the man. Okay, and so some of you women are like, that makes total sense now. There's my, I got that. And some, some people that's like, yes, I knew that was the problem. I knew it. That's not what we're talking about here, amen. I knew it. Don't blame us for everything, amen. We both messed up. That's the bottom line. But the problem is, is that God made us responsible. Okay, Bible says God made man responsible. And we have to be the head, and we have to take responsibility, and we have to take the load, and we have to do all that stuff. And the bottom line is we got to be responsible. So he said, I've got to do this again, but I've got to, this seed's got to be conceived, conceived by me this time. And he used the woman, the vessel, to be used so that that seed was not contaminated. That's why they were not together, and that's why they were not together after she, she, she was told and during her pregnancy because she had to remain pure. So that God with us could come into the world pure. So that he could be born without the corruptible seed. Are you here? Does that make sense? This is Bible doctrine. This is, this is our salvation. This isn't just some story that kind of sounds weird or sounds cute or however it is, that you, how it sounds. It's the truth. It's the truth. And, and how, how many other denominations, religions, cults, People, gods in the world can say that they did what God did because, see, religion is where man is trying to get to God. That's what religion is. But Christianity or believing in Christ and believing in the Bible and believing in the gospel is God trying to get to man. Amen. Isn't that exciting? That's the difference. That's what makes us different this morning. That's why you should be happy and smiling and thankful and joyful and sing joy to the world and sing, oh, come, all you faithful, and all these songs we sing. What a great praise and worship this morning, by the way. Amen. I was, didn't want it to end. Great songs. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. Amen. We need to be shouting that out. How many believe he's the way and the truth and the life this morning? Amen. But the reason he's the way, the truth, and the life is because he came and became God and became man here for us. That's why this is the most wonderful time of the year. God said, I'm going to come down to man. And I'm going to be born of incorruptible seed. Now watch these next couple of verses. These are very important. 1 John 4, 2 and 3. Watch this. 1 John 4, 2 and 3. This is, this is, this is Bible doctrine. If you don't believe this, you're not saved. Okay, I'm, I'm making this very clear. By this, by what? By this, you know the Spirit of God. How do we know we got the truth this morning? He answers it. By this, you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses 
that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Okay? Is of God. Now, some might think, why, why couldn't have God done like a Marvel movie, superhero thing, and be like, come down on the earth and be like, Pfft. right? Like we see in the movies. I'm here. Right? That would have been cooler. Definitely cooler. You know, there's a silver lining to all those Marvel movies. There's a superhero in there and all that saved the humanity, saved the world. They're just copying what Jesus did. But right? He could have came down like that, like bam, show up. But he couldn't. He couldn't do it that way because we wouldn't be saved. Because our seed would still be corruptible. So he had to come down through a human into the world as a human. See, the deity of Christ is key to our salvation. Deity means that Christ was fully man and fully God. Fully man and fully God at the same time. Can you imagine that conversation back up there again when they're making this happen and God says, I'm going down into man, into this world. And I'm going to live there. And kind of makes me think of uh, the verse I read earlier where it says, um, actually, no, it's the next verse I want to read. Um, 2 John 7. Many deceivers have gone into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and the antichrist. So if you don't confess Christ lived on this earth and lived a perfect life and did not sin. Listen, be careful if you see people messing around. and You know, there's some things you don't laugh at. There's some jokes that are not funny. Joking about Jesus drinking or joking about Jesus partying or joking about Jesus sinning. or That's serious stuff. Jesus did not sin. Jesus was perfect because he had an incorruptible seed. So he was able to be God in a physical body, feel our feelings, but not sin because he didn't have a sin nature. Okay? Came down in this body, in a physical body for us. And the last verse I want you to see is in Hebrews 2, and this will pull it all together. Hebrews 2, verse 14. Inasmuch then, as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, that's us, we're children, we've, we've been born in, the, in flesh and blood, this is flesh and blood, and as much as we've done that, he himself likewise shared, shared in the same through death, he might destroy the power, sorry, destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil. Why is this the most wonderful time of the year? Because God came down into man, body, and shared our pain. You, you just don't understand what I'm going through, God. You don't understand the jealousy, or the pain, the anger, the frustration. He has felt it all. He has felt it all. He was in a physical body. He has felt it all. There's nothing you're going through Jesus has not shared with. The emotions. You don't believe that? Look at the Garden of Gethsemane. When he is praying and, and he is so disturbed in his physical body 
that he sweats blood. You ever been so nervous, so shaken, so that you know that your, your, your nerves are, sh- can you imagine sweating blood? God, I don't know, he, he's being honest. I love this side of, I love this human nature of God. Not because he's weak, but he's in a physical body. He has no other, he has no other way to act. He's feeling what we feel. Can you imagine? Put yourself in God's position for a second. Try to, some people, you know, have a hard time grasping this, but, and it's hard because our mind can't go there. But what if I was God and I said, I'm going to go down and be, one thing's to be among them. Another thing's to be them. Did you catch that? One thing's to be among them. Another thing's to be them. Talk about faith. God had to have faith. I'm going to go down into a person's body. I'm going to live a 33-year life with pain and emotions and fears and anxieties and joys and all the things that they go through. And you see that emotion in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's praying. He says, God, can we do this different? Wait. And snaps back into God. Not my will, but your will be done. Because he's thinking of the pain he's going to have to suffer. Fully God, fully man. That's our salvation. He's the incorruptible seed so that this can be truth. That he would come down and share. What other God does that? All the other gods say, worship me, worship me, worship me, idolize me, lift me up, worship me. Come on, come on, worship me, worship me, worship me, worship me. People do it, people do it, people do it. All Everybody does it, but not God. God says, I'm going down there, and I'm going to let them kill me. Because i got to let this incorruptible seed die again, so that whosoever would believe in me, we have everlasting life because this seed is going to give a born-again experience to those who would believe on it. And I want to give you one last thought. I'm going to go back to Adam and Eve for a second. This is just a hypothetical. But think about this. So you can kind of really grasp God's heart. Let's say that in the garden, Satan deceived Eve. And she fell. And she made that mistake. And Adam wasn't around. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not changing. I'm just giving you a hypothetical to give you an understanding. And so God comes to Adam and says, Adam, Satan has gotten into the garden. He's deceived your wife. Your wife ate of the fruit of the tree of knowledge. I've got bad news. She's going to die. There's nothing Adam can do about it. Your wife has messed up. Your wife has made a mistake. She's taken of the tree. She's going to die. Nothing. That's the place we are without Christ. <clears throat> so take that up to, to heaven. God looks at his son and says, Son, I have a bride for you. I have a bride for you. But they've messed up. They've disobeyed. And they're going to die. And then God says, What are you going to do about it? And Jesus says, I'm going to go down there and fix it. He did what Adam couldn't do. He did what Adam couldn't have done. 
He did what nobody could do. He stepped out of heaven and came down and fixed the problem. But he didn't just do it with a wand or magic or a superhero jump on the scene. He went into that body and went nine months through a body and went that 33 years in a physical body with that incorruptible seed inside so that one day, put that last one up one more time, so that one day we could share as children who have partaken of flesh and blood. This gives a greater meaning to when we do communion this month. We do it at Christmas time. Think about this, that when we take that body and we take that bread and we take that, that, uh, that cup of offering, the blood of Jesus, it makes more sense because now we're partaking. It says, he himself likewise shared in the same so that through death he would destroy him who had, I love the fact that it says had, had the power of death. That is the devil. That's why this is the most wonderful time of the year. That's why this, this next few weeks when you're with family and you're opening your gifts and you're eating your food and you're looking at those lights and you're enjoying the Christmas tree that you don't worship and you're listening to the Christmas music and you're joyful and you're happy, remember why we're doing it. That we're celebrating the birth of God. Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. Father, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you for coming down and paying a price for me that I could never pay. For, for coming into a body like this, Lord, and living in emotions and fears and doubts, doing the ultimate sacrifice so that you could become the incorruptible seed for me. God, this is the most wonderful time of the year because we get to celebrate the birth of God. We weren't there, Lord, when Jesus was born. We weren't there when you flung the stars into heaven, but Lord, we get to partake this morning of the idea that just as you were born into this world and you were born with an incorruptible seed that today if I put my faith in you and I believe, God, that you died on the cross for my sins because you were born of a virgin, because you were born of incorruptible seed, that that's why when I die, my body will go into glory and I will have a glorified body because this seed in my body has been replaced. The sin nature has been replaced with an incorruptible seed because of Jesus, because of Emmanuel, God with us, because of Jesus, God is salvation. How many all over this place this morning, as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed and there's a presence of God in this place this morning, you have not been born again. If you have not been born again, if you have not said, Jesus, I believe that you were born of a virgin, of incorruptible seed, where man wasn't involved. And I believe, Jesus, that you lived a perfect life, 
with no sin, not one. And I believe that you went to the cross and laid down your life for me and died a horrible death for me. And I believe that you rose from the dead after they laid you in that grave for three days. And I believe you appeared to over 500 witnesses. And I appeared you stayed on the earth for four, I believe you stayed on the earth for 40 days. And I believe you ascended into heaven. And today, at this very moment, right now, in 2000 AD, after the year of our Lord, the birth of Christ, you are sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us, so that if somebody would put their faith in that, they would be saved. How many here this morning have never done that? And today, you need to say, Pastor, pray with me. I need to do that today because when I die, I want my seed to be incorruptible. I want my body to be glorified. I want to spend forever in heaven with God. Just put your hand up and put it right back down all over this place. That's me. That's me. I need salvation. I need salvation this morning. I need to be born again. Churches, we're closing this morning and we're going to spend just a few minutes singing and worshiping and thanking God. I want to, I want to challenge you. If you just begin to stand real quick, just stand all over this place, but don't tune me out. Don't shut me out. This is why at this time of the year, we've got to share Jesus. We've got to share the Lord. We've got to tell people that what we celebrate is more than just a nativity scene. But we are celebrating God with us. And you can tell now, now I've given you a little, a little something you can use. You can tell your family members. If he didn't come down and be born of that virgin, if he didn't come down and be born into this world and live that life, we couldn't be saved because our seed was corrupted. But he fixed that. Tell that story. Make sure your kids know it. Make sure that, again, when you're having all these celebrations, now, next week, two weeks, three weeks, all year, that we remember why. That Jesus is the reason for the season. doesn't matter when he, when he, what date he was born. The, what we're celebrating is what matters. The birth of God with us. Amen. That, that's something we should be joyful about. And, and if you're struggling, listen, if you're struggling financially or you're physically ailing or any of those things, God can get you out of it. But none of that takes away the fact that God is with us. He's Emmanuel. He's here right now. Because he sent the, whole, the third part of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit's here right now. He's in this room right now. The Holy Spirit is here now. That's what we feel. As I was preaching, that's what was tugging on your heart. That's what was causing me to be teary-eyed because the Holy Spirit was quickening my heart to think about how real God is. And how meaningful it is that he came to take on this body for me. Amen. Maybe you need a physical touch this morning. Maybe you're coming to pray for a loved one. Maybe you just need a better attitude about Christmas. I don't know what you need prayer for. I don't know. Maybe, you just, maybe you're just super thankful and you just want to thank God. Amen. We're going to sing a beautiful song this morning to close. Whether you come and find a place at the altar or you stay at your seat, let's stay in an attitude of worship right now. And let's just thank God for who He is and what He's done. And let's thank Him that He came to share and came to be God with us this morning. Amen. The altars are open. We're going to spend just a few minutes, but let's just stay in the presence of the Lord this morning.
Come and find a place. Come and pray for your family member. Come and receive healing in your body. 